Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it is episode 116. Meh. 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 Nick no longer cares about the numbers. Don't do this. Don't care about the numbers. What's your favourite number, people? Just take your time and think about it. Oh, it's not I'm not talking to you. Okay, no, no, fine. no. You care nothing for the numbers. I care nothing for numbers. But it's a big number. Yes, let's all move on. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. You're feeling better this <laughs> I'm week. I'm feeling better. I was poorly. Now I am not. So that's that's good. That was that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was that. I forget that our entire lives aren't played out on, on the podcast. Well, they are. Pretty much. Well, we, we tell everyone that. Everything that we do, it's all recorded live. No, you were feeling a bit poorly, but we managed to get Patreon out. It was good. It was managed. your episode. Yeah, it was slightly insane as well. It was good. Because I forgot what writing was. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> so oh, you really did. Through. Oh, look. Are those words? I don't know. Um, Excellent outtakes from that one. Recovered just in time for the weekend. Hurrah. That's the perfect time. Exactly. Any poisonings this week? No. <laughs> I've been busy being unwell. <laughs> Lying in your room surrounded by incense. Yeah. Monks chanting. Oh, there'll be many a monk coming and going. That makes it sound a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a party, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a monk rotation system. Exactly. (laughs) One in, one out type thing. You need a fresh monk every day. Absolutely. Don't want to get exhausted. (laughs) All that chanting takes it out of you. Fresh monk every day. I mean, it's a whole new meaning for the phrase monk's hood, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, shush. Mm, there it is. See, Wolf space. You... It's poison. It's you... a poison podcast. You brought monks into this, Nick. <laughs> they didn't want to come. Have you quite finished <laughs> your smutty innuendo? No. It's like an episode of Are You Being Served in here? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of hating numbers and having very dramatic sick days, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. We should indeed. They are a marvellous bunch and they've got some exciting things coming up soon. So much excitement that you'll probably see now, in fact. It's out now. It's out now. <laughs> Go look. It is. Our lovely Patreons this month have been poised. Poised they have been because when this episode airs, we will have announced our new tiers on Patreon on the 1st of July 2022 if you're listening to this in the future or in the past if you've mastered time travel there's lots of new content coming to Patreon with new tiers which means you get access to all sorts of new stuff that me and Nick are doing it's very exciting Sinead said she has a schedule drawn up so I'm slightly (laughs) I'm slightly nervous 
about the, what the schedule is going to contain it's, of all the things that I must do. It's just a playing card with some peanut butter smeared on it. That's what, that's what the that schedule what, is. That's what it is. I've got a new notebook that is going to sort my life out, Nick. Absolutely, yeah. All the, all the scheduling in that notebook. Oh, it's so good. It's too good. I don't want to write, write in it because it's so beautiful. <laughs> Fun times over on Patreon. If you want to dip in, it's completely flexible. You get access to the whole back catalogue and you also get ad-free episodes because you will have noticed that we now have advertising yes. on the show. Thank you for everyone who's been supportive of it. Oh, it's been fun. Tell us what adverts you're hearing. It's really exciting. Yeah, I got I got a really weird one for some sort of random software company that I'd never heard of. Oh, it's because you're an IT person. Yeah, so that was weird. And then also I got for Paramount Plus. Oh, now I want Paramount Plus. Oh, good. It's working. So I was like, oh, look, marketing. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't need to be ads. It's just us going, buy Paramount buy, Plus. Buy, buy. I'm not sponsored by them. Buy it. Buy it. <laughs> We've had stuff at Ikea as well. And oh, I haven't had that. Weird coffee pods that they sell I in like 7-Eleven. Or can we go to Ikea? Everyone, let's go to Ikea. Let's have a poisonous cabinet meetup at Ikea. We'll get some meatballs. We'll buy a chair. We'll spend too much money. It's going to be great. Sounds great. Let's do it. We'll be at Webby Cats. Excellent. We also have a promo this week from the lovely, lovely pair over at Till Death Do Us Part podcast. I'm intrigued by this. I'm liking the sound of it. Have a listen. Hello, I'm Melissa. And I'm Daniel. And we are from Till Death Do Us Part podcast. A podcast where I share my interest in true crime with my husband. But I could honestly care less. But here's the kicker. I only tell Daniel cases of seemingly loving and perfect couples. They always say that, don't they? They do. But behind closed doors, these relationships are not at all what they pretend them to be. And yes, we tend to be super judgy about other people's relationships because it makes us feel better about our own. Honestly, who hasn't ever thought of murdering their significant other? I know we we have maybe on vacation a cruise ship perhaps what about some nice poison in your coffee sounds delicious or just a tried and true accident carbon dioxide anyone join us every tuesday as i tell daniel the story of a relationship that has ended in a horrific fashion whether that be murder or just attempted murder if you like dry humor snarky banter and listening to an old married couple get on each other's nerves then you'll love us so remember be careful for marriage is a life sentence and divorce is always the better option Lovely stuff. Definitely check out Till Death Do Us Part podcast. Well, Nick, are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to this. Mm, you mm. should be. So, or, 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 if you run out of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you say such a thing? In that case, we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. We would have to if there's no wine. Should we go with the first one? Yes. I believe there's more wine. Okay. Crucially, there's also cocktails. Let's do the one that has wine and cocktails. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Let's go with the first one. It is my episode this week. But as we know, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell. And it will flavor a cocktail of the week. My pick this week. Mm. And the secret ingredient is mm. pills. What are you vague with your pills? Pills, my friend. <laughs> what variety of pills did you have in mind? Lots and lots Just of lots pills. Just lots of them. Exciting pills? Just pills and go with me on it. Okay. They appear a lot. Right. <laughs> it's going to be something weird like, oh no, we're in the middle of the war. It's a pill box. <laughs> no, what? Good, because you would throw a twisty thing at me. No, and I don't understand what you just said. That's just like something from Nick's brain that goes, oh, that's very droll. No, that's very funny. I'm, and Sinead's I'm standing outside the window of your head going, what? Let me in, huh? No one else. That makes no sense to anyone else. <laughs> apart from me. What is a pillbox? Is it the pillbox? A little concrete? No, a little concrete bunkery shooting tanks. Pillbox. It is? Yeah. I thought it was a bunker. They're called pillboxes. Are they actually? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I invented them. 
It's a real thing. I've seen it in stories. It's not that. <laughs> because I didn't know that existed. <laughs> I don't know what other type of pills are there. I'm excited because this could really send the podcast in a particular direction. What have you come up with? I'm intrigued about what direction you might think we're going. I know 90s rave. Oh, possibly, yes. Glow it's sticks. Just a, it's just a big old glass of speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a pill, Is Nick. it not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've not done it before. No, pills ease. traditionally. Ease, that's ease it. Ease pilly. Molly, MDMA, whatever it's called these None days. None of those things. None of those you things. You and your druggy ways. I don't know. <laughs> I used to watch the cool kids taking drugs and go, I understand what those are. I know that's not a pill. Can I come in? <laughs> it's it's none of those things. It's none of those. You degenerate. <laughs> right, I'll put my glow stick and my bucket hat away. I want a glow stick now. We can still have glow sticks. Have glow sticks. Excellent. I think we should. Okay, so we're not going to the <laughs> trenches. We're not going to a 90s rave. What possibly could be left? <laughs> is there is there anything left, really? So there were, there were a few things. I thought we've had a medicine man before. I mm-hmm. thought, well, that was, yeah, that, that's pilly. So what we're going to have, we're going to have a penicillin. Ooh, okay. That, I thought that's pilly. Is it in pill form? Well, capsule. It's the penicillin. It's, yes. You get it in. <laughs> Just yes, Sinead. Just Shut yes. Up. Get it in pill form from the doctor. Oh, you do. Yes, yes, you do. Ignore me. Yes. <laughs> what do you think it comes in? Buckets? No, a syringe. <laughs> Am I thinking of heroin in a completely uh, different yeah, party? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're thinking of crack. <laughs> Oh, you get the penicillin from the weird guy on the corner. <laughs> penicillin. Lovely. Great. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if I like a medicine-y sandy drink, though. Oh, it's a popular one. It's oh, a well-known it? one. It's a classic. Oh, is it? I've mm. never heard of it. Okay, well, I will put my trust it's in you. you're a heathen. That's true. I think it is high time for us to sachet into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen, meet our dealer, and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick. The penicillin. The penicillin. It looks yellowy. Yellowy. Looks it, like drugs. I was going to say, it looks like wee. Does it? Yes, maybe. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a tumbler. It's got a big old cube of ice in it. And big it's old... got an accoutrement. Yes. It's yeah, got a thing. Thing on a stick. What's the thing on a stick? Or do I have to find out? You'll find out. That would give it away. I don't know what it is. It's orangey, but it doesn't look like an orange. It's weird. <laughs> oh, it could be a piece of viscera. It could, it could well be. That could be the secret yeah. of the penicillin. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. It, okay. Not, okay. So it's a classic, you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. It's a modern classic. A Let's modern it, classic. Modern. A number of people on the social have suggested this one Ooh. as part of that. So it is, it is a, yeah, it's a well-known sort of modern classic. Excellent. Okay. Well, let us just... Ooh. Ooh. Uh, ooh uh, no. There's something medicine-y in here. There's something herbally. I'm not sure about this. The smell of it. Well, I guess we've got to dive in and taste it. Merry right. Christmas. Merry Christmas. What, 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 uh, the reason why that's a modern classic. What's what is what's happening? Can you see through time? I can see through time. <laughs> it doesn't taste how I thought. There is a really medicinal smell coming off it that makes me frightened and scared and, <laughs> and excited at the same time. Very lemony, but not overpoweringly lemony. It's sharp. What the what the hell is going on here, Nick? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Medicinal scent, though. Oh, yeah, you would like it. I bet you've got yellow chartreuse in it or something. Give it it a swirl. I swirled it in my mouth and that was a mistake. See if if that helps at all. What what is that extra flavour that's coming through? No, what? (laughs) That tastes like meat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not sure. 
It's very complex and it's interesting. I'm not sure if it's my thing. <laughs> we have we have made a return to the spirit forward. Um, it's very much spirit forward territory. <laughs> I don't know if I like it, but I have to keep going back because I'm like, what's in this? I didn't think I would like this. Bloody gorgeous. Really? Mm. There's a lot to like in it. Has that got a freaking apricot in it? It hasn't. God damn it, I thought I'd nailed it there. It's got a really nice tartness to it. And then it gives way to something herbally and grassy and weird, and I'm not sure about that at all. Talk us through it, Nick. What, what's going okay, on here? So, penicillin, whiskey. Blended scotch. What? A base of just a blended scotch whiskey. Okay. In there, with some lemon juice. You've correctly identified there was some lemon juice Yay. going on there. We have ginger. Oh, ginger. And this is actually a chunk of ginger, a bit of honey syrup Yeah. in there. And then floating along the top, you have a Lafoy PT what? whiskey floating on the top. That's it. That's it. There's nothing else. Nothing else. You haven't slipped chartreuse in there. I haven't here. slipped chartreuse in there. There is no other herbally shenanigans going on. It is Whoa. whiskey, ginger, honey, lemon, more whiskey. Great, great cold remedy. <laughs> so, My sinuses are clearing right up. Well, I think that's probably where the penicillin comes from. I don't think I'm not a huge whiskey drinker. It's not my. It's not my thing. That I think is bloody gorgeous, and I know wow. why it is a classic. Mm, it's good. You really like that really as a like non-whiskey that. drinker. Yeah. You really like that. I don't mind a Lafroig, and I don't really like that. I don't mind it. It's not world-beating as much as it is for you, for me, if, oh, if no. you see what I mean. No, yeah, absolutely. It's hurting my cheeks. Because <laughs> this is was developed at Milk and Honey by a bartender, a very famous bartender called Sam Ross. And in his recipe and in the Milk and Honey book, it says Lafroig is, or the, the, your, your sort of peated scotch, whatever it may be, Yields. is floated on the top afterwards. So you, you shake it up, pour it. And then you have a you have a very thin. It's like a bar spoon, worth. yeah. So it's a very very small amount, just floated on floated on top. Other recipes I've seen call for the whiskey to be shaken in with everything else, so yeah. it's much more thoroughly mixed. If done that way, I suppose it may well avoid the the initial because it is a very powerful aroma when it, it comes to your face. It really is. You, you have a big hitch of that that PC whiskey, mm. which yeah could be off putting to some people. So if it's more melded in, I can see that might be more palatable. Potentially, well, um, it might not work if it was. I think it. You know, so there, there, there are a variety of profile. different different recipes that call for it to be made in different ways. I've I followed the the original method, and I well, yeah, I think it's I think it's lovely. Maybe it's psychosomatic that you kind of go whiskey, smoky whiskey, and honey and ginger and lemon. You go, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I need this to feel alive again because normally I'd only mix that up if I got flu and I'm feeling like death. So maybe no, so that something yeah. subconscious is kicking in there. But no, I, that that. I don't think of medicininess when I when I drink that. No, I, you really think, like that. I think that's a good. I could more than happy to have one of those of an evening. You'll crack on. I, I shall. I'm going to drink yours. It's not bad. <laughs> don't think I've been a fan of Lafroig in any cocktails. Much as I like Lafroig and I like an Islay malt, but I like it to sip it on its own because it's so powerful and it's overwhelming. Clearly, the recipe here with a little bar spoon on top of it, it does work. I can tell this is a very, very clever cocktail. Very nicely done. Is it my exact cup of tea? I, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, drink it. Yeah, drink it. <laughs> Nick is happy. I'm happy. No, I'm like, I like that. I like that a lot. The important thing is you've got a cocktail. You also have a glass of wine. I also have a glass of wine, which is probably unadvisable. And I also have a Sinead's cocktail. And yeah. it's not your story. And it's not my story. I mean, <laughs> perfect, perfect place. Perfect there place. Maybe some slight snoring about halfway through. I would rather there was just raucous heckling. I will give it a go. Don't you worry. Well, Nick, with the penicillins firmly in hand, Ooh, yours... Your- Firmly in hand, you're going for the curative natures. I'm sceptical. I'm like someone in the 16th century going, no, this medicine will do no good. You must put a rock under your pillow and then kill a goat to cure you of your pustules. Let's do that too. That sounds fun. 
<laughs> I mean, it's an evening. Yeah. Not kill a goat. Oh. Maybe poke it. Taunted viciously. <laughs> Taunt a goat. Taunt a goat. <laughs> <laughs> the most powerful magic of them all. <laughs> and magic will ensue and be cured of all of our Absolutely. ills. Let's go down the fields for a good old bit of goat taunting. <laughs> Before the goat taunting begins, mm. would you like a story? Yes. Yay. Yay. Excellent. Where's the goat? Uh, there are no goats in Boo. the story. You can introduce one if you want. Okay. You can like play a goat card. Can you cure for sound effect? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and this is a tale involving good old poison. Nice. Way. So, Nick, come with me because we are going to Kansas. Okay, so here's an update to this episode after it had finished recording. Sinead, for some unknown reason kept referring to kansas in this story when of course this story takes place in kansas city missouri not kansas the state let's blame her being based across the pond and getting two things confused it was a long day but i've tried to correct this all the way through the episode so deepest deepest apologies to anyone who heard the first early version of this episode and was screaming missouri missouri apologies kansas city I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Yes, we are. Dorothy. Now we've got Dr. Lecter again. (laughs) God damn it. One of these days we'll get an accent right. No, we won't. No, No, we won't. won't. It is 1909. Very nice. And we are going to the sprawling family home of the Swoop family. Okay. Now the Swoop family are very well known in Kansas City. For the head of the family was one Colonel Thomas Swoop. And they are, through his means, Exceedingly wealthy. Excellent. Gingham all over the place. Big old mansion, big old money. Thomas I bet Swope... he's got a good veranda. Oh, the size of <laughs> the it. The size of the veranda. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, he probably did. I know, yeah, absolutely. Because Colonel Swope was into real estate. Exactly. That's a fucking huge veranda, yes. How he made his money. He bought up property all over the place, originally from Kentucky, and his big speciality was verandas. Excellent. A veranda on every floor. That's, that's got a balcony, I think, if you go up. One. No, not by his standards. Not by his no. standards. It's a no. veranda. The roof was a veranda. Every room was a veranda. Nice. It was just very cold. <laughs> colonel Thomas Swope was not a military colonel. No, no, no. He got the title. Was he a chicken colonel? His superb line of chicken restaurants. With light years ahead of Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel stole his idea. Yeah. Uh, he was from Kentucky originally. The seeds were planted there We've for the chicken. chicken as a secret ingredient, haven't we? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> chicken, I'm going to point out, has nothing to do with this story. We're just going off on a tangent about the Colonel. I want chicken now. Oh, can we get a bucket of chicken? Yes. Order it now and then it'll be uh, here by the time it's finished. Marvellous. Colonel. Colonel is a an honorary title. And you know this, this is actually the same for, for Colonel Sanders, I believe, as well, that you can be given the title of Colonel. Yes. Because not that you've served in the military, but more to, yeah, here's some power and authority that you yeah. would lord it over everybody. Bit of a way of getting fancy people involved, isn't it? It and is. Sort of booster, boosting the sort of renown, I suppose, and the reputation of a, a regiment or something. If you've got someone fancy, someone famous as a Colonel. It's just someone. You can still have colonel's colonel scene mm. that can be bestowed upon you as a title in certain states some of them are like no shut up it actually dates back to renaissance england okay where they went would you like to buy 
a title. <laughs> Here we are. We'll make you a colonel. Excellent. No one will know. Colonel Mustard in the room. 500 pounds, please. Yes. Now, as I said, he was originally from Kentucky, fought off the chicken lords. <laughs> Those famous chicken lords of Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, born in 1827, he grew up to, as I said, become a huge name in real estate and mining, actually, both in New York and St. Louis, bought up property all over the place, became the largest land owner in Kansas City. So you can imagine he amassed a hefty fortune. Yes. Locals of the area, been to Kansas City, may know that he donated land that would become Swope Park. Very big park, still there. Oh. Kansas City. After trying to protest the beautification of Kansas City heavily because it would have ended up with him paying loads and loads of tax, but still he gave them a lovely park. <laughs> he was known as a little bit of an eccentric millionaire, but more of a quiety, kept to himself, miserly. If you're going to be a millionaire, eccentric is the way to go. It is. He he didn't have enough sparkly hats and goats, I think. Well, no. no, not twirling a cane, eccentric. People thought he was eccentric because he should have been driving around in the best cars and, you know, dining in the finest restaurants. He took the trolley to his office every day. That's not eccentric. People thought it was eccentric no. at the time. Oh, he's such an eccentric for not spending his money. Never married. As I said, quiet, kept to himself. But when his brother Logan died in around 1900, Thomas decided to move into his brother's huge mansion in Independence. It's an area just outside of Kansas City. And he decided he will move into the house with the widow Margaret and their seven children. It's been busy. Their children are called Chrisman, Francis, Thomas, Lucy, Margaret, Junior, Stella, and Sarah. And there's What's also... The Chrisman? Chrisman. I'm, I have never heard that I'm, name yeah, before. I'm not familiar with that name. I must admit, Chrisman. I don't know whether someone in the research or in the old adults spelt it wrong and they just went with it. No, fair enough. It could fair have been Christopher. It. Could have been Christmas. Or just Chris. Let's just call him Chris, shall we? <laughs> there's also a cousin called Moss Hunton. Moss. That's hmm? a good name, Moss. It may be a mansion, but there's a lot of people living there. The implication is that Thomas, the colonel, was as I said, pretty frugal and miserly and probably thought, oh, my brother's dead. I'll just move into move his in house. Yeah. That'll save me some cash. There's a bit of space in there, you know, still warm from his corpse. <laughs> I'll just go in there. Widow probably not thrilled about it, but like, mm. okay, we've probably benefited massively from his money. We're not going to be in a position to argue. So why not? When he moves into the family home, the family are a little bit discordant. There's been a disagreement. Amongst the siblings, for Francis, the niece, has made, in their opinion, a poor choice of husband. <gasps> Francis, you see, has fallen head over heels in love with a doctor, Dr. Bennett Hyde. And she was determined to marry him. How very middle class. Indeed. Now, these people have made their money through real estate, but a doctor in his late 20s, he's had a good education, come from a respectable family. What could possibly be wrong with this match? Well, the Swope family were not terribly impressed with Dr. Hyde's past, namely his involvement in body snatching. <laughs> it shows an entrepreneurial spirit, I believe. <laughs> so. You've gone from what to, you know what, I'm on his side. You know what, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's forward thinking, needed some cash, <laughs> found a good way. Studying, go with that. Go with it. Did you think it was going to go did, in that did, direction? Did he steal the brother's body? Because then I can no. under, <laughs> then I can potentially understand why they might be slightly annoyed. <laughs> no, when he was dead, they didn't go. Oh, you poor soul. Mine, mine now. <laughs> Dibs. Running down the street with him thrown over the shoulder, like la 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 la. la. I would look at his organs. And then I would get there frustration no but also you, you've got no frustration whatsoever he has a past which i will explain in body snatching do you want your daughter to marry into that <laughs> you would struggle with it for a time 
slightly. It would moderately. raise a moderate concern. Yeah. Make you pause and swirl your drink for a second. <laughs> for a second. For a second. Yeah. You crack on, love. It was while he was at uh, the University Medical College. Dr. Hyde had been uh, demonstrating anatomy. Mm. And what do you need for an anatomical demonstrations? You will need a nice fresh corpse. Absolutely. As we have covered in the tales of Burke and Hare of the London Burkers, would-be and established anatomists were only too happy to pay under the table for local body snatchers to bring them corpses for their studies. No questions asked. We need some bodies to cut open, to study, to yeah. give a demonstrations on. You want to bring us some corpses? Absolutely fine. <laughs> and Dr. Hyde had been implicated by two grave robbers by the name of Sam McLean and Charlie Perry, who had been arrested, had been caught body snatching, and they said we were bringing them to Dr. Hyde. He was paying us. He's the person who's commissioned us. Him, he's the one you want. Dr. Hyde apparently was arrested, but the case against him was dropped and he never stood trial case collapsed i don't know what happened to the grave robbers they were both black i don't think they were treated as fairly as dr hyde no it's gonna be in that situation it's me that he said this they said that sort yes of thing. i can't see it going in their favor but later dr hyde was working as the police surgeon for the city mm. a decent profession again but he had been suspended apparently on a charge of cruelty um. to one of his patients a lady named anne clement she was also black and the the details are complex because there's sort of like one line about what happened. What I can surmise is that she was suicidal, that she had needed to be treated. She had taken an overdose and he had taken radical measures to wake her from her stupor that were deemed as cruelty. Mm-hmm. So what it seems to have happened and all it's written is, is that he gave her oil of mustard to revive her, which seems like that's not the normal way of doing this. It's going to be a lot of vomiting. If he's taking an overdose, that's going to be... And it was morphine overdose. So it it was deemed that this was cruel and unnecessary, that he was quite contemptuous. Maybe he just gave her one of the many mustard cocktails we've made. (laughs) And that was deemed as a crime (laughs) against humanity. I think that's fair. (laughs) The comparisons people draw on the fact that it seems like the people who were the subject of his cruelty or who suffered from him in the past were black. So maybe Um, that's why he got off and he was never really convicted or faced any penalties. But it's enough. It's enough for the Swope family to pause and go, Francis, this guy? Really? Really? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. In their eyes, he is a criminal. A potential criminal, yeah, maybe he's not convicted, but Francis will not hear anything against it. She is probably going, he's never been convicted. They were all saying one thing, he's an absolute saint. They're like, yeah, but maybe just pick someone who doesn't have <laughs> this question mark hanging over him, this air of mystery. But if you're in love and young. Yes, who doesn't love who, a romantic body, body snatcher? Absolutely, no one cares, but he's rakish and dangerous and exciting. If you see pictures of him, no. Okay. (laughs) You're carving up this image of him in your head. It's also thought and reported that he's nothing but a gold digger. Now, obviously, a wealthy family are going to think he's after your money. They're going to have to be quite discerning. They're going to have to be critical. There was talk that around town he had been wooing wealthy women all over the place just to try and get their money. And there had allegedly been a case that he'd settled out of court where he had dealt with an accusation of breach of promise. Mm. <gasps> Let's assume the breach of promise was for marriage and not for some goats. <laughs> yes, I promise you six goats. But you only gave me four. You bastard! <laughs> <laughs> now the family say no to Francis. Francis won't hear of it. He is a good man and the pair were married in 1905. It was a clandestine mm. marriage. They, they, they sort of did Sneaky. it in secret. 
family can't do anything about it. This does cause a rift between the family. They didn't speak to each other for about a year or so. But eventually they start to build bridges. Thomas, when he moves in, it seems like they're all easing back onto better terms. They're all being civil to each other. Thomas himself has bought them a house. Okay. So in 1909, Thomas is now 81. The colonel is 81 years old. Oh, he's amassed an empire. Now he's thinking about who gets my mm. cash. He's taken steps to ensure his will is in proper shape. He's taken steps to leave each of the nieces and nephews $200,000 nice. each. Very nice. 1909. That's a, that's a lot of money. Francis will only get $135,000. Maybe that's some sort of indication of like, well, if you want to marry beneath you. Not indeed. The rest of his multi-million pound estate will go to various charities and good causes. $200,000 at that time is enough to set you up for life. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest of it, yeah, charity, good for him, I say. Well done. Well done him. Sensible plan. Well done, Colonel. Apparently, the executors of the will are include the cousin, Moss Hutton, and the Colonel's lawyer, the family lawyer. Now, not long after the Colonel has drawn up this will, he suffers a fall at home. Nothing seemingly untoward there. Getting he's on a bit. Yeah, exactly. He, he's put to bed. He's bedridden there. Now, Dr. Hyde, obviously, he's a doctor. He's part of the family. He will tend to him. He arranges for a nurse, a lady named Pearl Keller, to come and take care of him. She's doing a very good job looking after the colonel. But just a couple of days later, after the colonel is consigned, confined to his bed, Moss Hunton is sitting eating dinner and he becomes quite ill. Oh. Very ill to the point where he suddenly collapses. That's a bad soup. Hurried to bed, Hunton is tended to by the family doctor, a man named George Twineman. But also Dr. Hyde is there to help. He's on hand. They worry that Moss Hunton has suffered a stroke. Uh Apoplexy. Dr. Hyde says, I know just what to do. Bloodletting. And that's the way forward. Yep. Modern medicine from modern America. Getting all that bad blood out. It's not the best treatment, I fear. Yeah, he needs to balance his humours. That's what he needs. He does. He needs to let the water <laughs> out, the pus in. There it all Too goes. Too much bile and blood. It's not been completely discredited, though. Twyman approves and goes, okay, fair enough. Dr. Hyde draws around a pint of blood oh, God. from him. Twyman says, great, okay, that's enough. Nope. Nope, more. More blood is needed, Dr. Hyde said. George Twyman's going, right, no, really, I, I think that's enough. You're still going, stop, stop, hot, stop. What <laughs> what do I say to make this not happen? Carries on. Dr. Hyde. He's just sort of folding <laughs> just in on himself. Folding in in bed, just shrinking. He ends up taking two quarts of blood from his body and would take more. The nurse is standing there going, you need to stop this. Twyman is like, I am a doctor too. You can kill someone from over bloodletting. You will kill him very soon. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, you can't. It's not until Francis, his wife, comes in and says, dear, I believe I would quit. Dr. Twyman thinks you've bled him enough. God. And Dr. Hyde goes, oh, okay, fine. Finally relents, finally relents. Takes out the apparatus, tends to his patient. But mere moments later, Hunton spasms. And dies. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Maybe Dr. Hyde is shouting, saying, See? Told you. A little bit more, and he would have been absolutely fine. <laughs> but Moss, poor Moss Hunton, is dead. Dr. Hyde then brings nurse Pearl Keller, who is in the house to look after people. He brings her aside and says, Miss Keller, I am not a businessman, <laughs> but I can be one. 
This man, Hunton, was one of the executors of the Swope estate. And in a few days the old man will make a new will and appoint new executors. And I wish you would suggest that I take Hunton's place. Mm. Pearl says, I'm a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe talking to the wrong person, I feel. <laughs> Literally nothing to do with it. Do you know what a nurse is? I suspect he was trying to build character references or try and get in anywhere. Pearl is brilliant. She's just yeah. like, I, I deal with professionally your health no interest in personal stuff i'm also thinking probably thinking that well the, the nurse is going to have the old man's ear he's she's going to be the one in the room having mm. a chat having a conversation this sort of thing she might be able to slip in some oh yeah I, whatever just sort of in casual chat but i like that she's going no fuck off yeah <laughs> all through this story it's dr hyde who hires the nurses who recommends that they come in and he hires more and more nurses as the story goes on and whether he thinks that will because he's hired them they will side with him they are somehow indebted to him to yeah exactly the great thing is that they're all complete professionals Brilliant. and they're like can you just please fuck just off just go away I'm go away pay me to do a job Maybe get on my fucking job. <laughs> there are greater matters that demand Pearl's attention. The Colonel is still sick. A day after Hunton's death, Colonel Thomas Swope is feeling a little better. He's in good spirits. Nice. But then suddenly he is gripped by violent convulsions to the bewilderment of all. He says as he weaves in and out of fits, Oh, I wish I hadn't taken that damned pill. <gasps> a pill? A pill, you say? A singular one pill? There's more. <laughs> a pill that Pearl had given him under the instructions from Dr. Hyde. A digestive pill. Mm. Something to settle the tummy. That's what he needed. Hyde had many of those, Oh, he was only too happy to hand out pills. He needed a nice glass of penicillin. That's what he needed. That's what he needed. Honey, lemon, whiskey. That would have sorted him right out. It did little good as Thomas Swope slips into unconsciousness and dies. No. The colonel is dead, Nick. Poor colonel. Poor colonel. Dr. Hyde, who does not call Dr. Twyman back, who is the well, family he's, he's doctor. De- he's, de- he's dead now. What's the point? Well, he's got to sign a death certificate. Well, he, he's a doctor. He can do that. Yeah. And he gives the cause of death again as apoplexy, yeah. as stroke as well. Same as Hunton. Again, Pearl comments, right, their symptoms were completely <laughs> different and probably need to explain this to you. Stroke is not contagious. Yeah. Also, at this sort of time, when the colonel's died, he pulls her aside, allegedly, and says, Oh, you know, you're being paid $25 a week. I think you should start asking for $35 a week now. Yes, you're, you're worth so much more. Thanks for that. He signed the death certificate apoplexy. The colonel was old. They all knew he was on his way out. Yeah. No one really questions it. The death certificate is signed. The man is buried. What a terrible time for the family. Yet it looks like the seven nieces and nephews of Thomas Swope are quids in, as his fortune yeah. will soon be distributed. But things are about to get a whole lot worse oh, for the God. whole household. <gasps> Maybe this is a good time <laughs> for a short break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we're back in the we're house, Nick. Back in the house. House of death. House of death. On another visit to the home, Dr. Hyde warns the family that he is very worried about the drinking water in the cistern. Now, I have to say the cistern is not the toilet cistern. <laughs> You do understand that the system is the big drinking tank of water. Yes, you know that. I, I didn't. <laughs> Stop drinking from the toilet, goddammit. <laughs> drinking water in the house. He suddenly announces to them, goes, oh, I'm very worried about that drinking water. Very worried because I think, I mean, I reckon it's got typhoid. <gasps> Typhus. Oh, <gasps> Don't be drinking the water people he takes great pains to bring bottled water every time he visits mm. only he and francis can drink the bottled water doesn't give anything out to no, anyone else yeah, everyone else can die horribly yeah i've warned you fair enough get your own bloody water yes but is very much walking around going typhoid typhoid everybody hear me say typhoid and i've warned you that typhoid could be a thing everyone's okay with that good great okay goodbye it's lovely breakfast thank you opening the door typhoid Best door. <laughs> people wake up typhoid <laughs> Down the chimney. Typhoid! Within the space of 10 days. Are they all dead from typhoid? They've all got typhoid. Oh, God. They have all got symptoms of typhoid. Every single one of the Swope siblings who has been named in the will is suffering from what seem to be the symptoms of typhoid. Not only the, the siblings, but also Margaret, the mother, a couple of visitors who have come to the house and servants as well. Everyone who has crossed the threshold. Typhoid has hit. Oh, my God. Mm. No other cases in the area. Yeah. No other cases outside the front door. <laughs> okay. But this house is this ground house. zero. Yeah, yeah, the plague house. Yes, patient X is in there. It has a grip on the Swope family. More nurses are brought in to tend to the family. As who I said. don't get typhoid. <laughs> they don't get typhoid. <laughs> typhoid Mary comes in. No, they come in. There's about four nurses now looking after the family. This is a massive house, a as I house, said. Yes. It is an absolute mansion. But they come in. They are looking after them. And... The various cases unfold with each of the members of the family, which give the nurses pause to go, hmm. Hmm. 
Something's not quite right. One notes that the eldest son, Chrisman, Chris, 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 weird name, she says a lot. She was looking after him. She was preparing him for a bath, for, I don't know whether it was a full bath, sponge bath, whatever. I've had to look after him. Just a bath. A bath. I'm sexy. No, sexy just bath. a bath. Sexy nurse bath. Sexy nurse bath. She was all ready for it. But unfortunately, Chris took one of Dr. Hyde's pills. Oh, typhoid pills. He was giving the medicine. He was leaving this medicine. The nurses are like, uh, okay, I, I, you're a doctor. You are going to give mm. the medicine. I'm assuming this is okay. Took one of the pills. Chris promptly went into convulsions. No. Now, Dr. Hyde, of course, of course, helps to examine him. His diagnosis is meningitis. Oh, that's a leap. Cerebral meningitis. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's going for a varied approach. Gives him a nice combination of drugs to treat it, including... Digitalis. Yeah. And strychnine. In classic cure-all pills. What are those normally used for? Main, mainly death-related. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I like it. A legitimate medicine at the time and still is today. Yes. Digitalis in particular. Yes. For a heart condition. I yes. Digitalis. Not much good with the meningitis or the typhoid. No. Um, strychnine generally good for curing life. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> not for the brain. Not, not, not for the brain. For the brain Injection area. The brain. <laughs> Stab them right in the Stab temple. Right in the temple. The nurse again is like, no. really? Really? These are the things? But again, we're still on this weird yeah, cusp absolutely. of they are legitimate medicines. He is a doctor. People are given these in small doses. There would be no problem him having these in his stash and administering them. So... It doesn't work. Uh, surprise. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what a shock. What a shock. Chris dies. Oh, no. That meningitis. Oh. Damn it. Can be anything to do with all the poisons I just pumped into his <laughs> face. Dr. Hyde took his pulse. It went, oh, there's no pulse. And then threw his feet around in a rough manner. Okay. And said, he's gone. Prepare him for the undertaker. He's, he's definitely he's definitely not alive. Yep. He's dead. <laughs> Shake his legs around a bit. <laughs> okay. You know, I think that is good bedside manner. I mean, it's a way to test if they're alive. Because if they were alive, they'd be going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that would wake you up. Yeah, absolutely. Anything so, else? Taking the pulse or like I whole poverty, you know. a legitimate test of life. Shaking them, shaking them around Shake by the feet. feet. Get off my feet. Get yeah. off my feet. What the fuck are you playing at? <laughs> Shakes his feet around and goes, nope, preparing for the undertaker. Leaves. <laughs> Dr. Hyde actually goes to a gala dinner that evening for the society of various doctors that he's somehow associated with. Well, he needed a bit of happy. He's been through a lot of sad. There's a lot of sad going on. Exactly. He needs, he needs some happy in his life, I feel. So he a does. gala dinner is going to sort him out. Everyone that Dr. Hyde treats in the house with his special pills yeah. or he examines seems to get much, much worse. Margaret Swope, the mother... Remains very suspicious of Dr. Hyde. Now, she had carried suspicions. She's never liked him. No. She's not voiced these because she's nervous. She's a woman. She's a woman. <laughs> Can't have an opinion. Who will listen to her? She's mad. Her womb trying to climb out her brain. Shush you. She gets great treatment, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's suspicious. She's bedridden because, again, she's feeling the effects of what is suspected as typhoid. Mm. Dr. Hyde, again, makes sure that he gives her some treatment as well. Not by examining her. Not by speaking to her, not by letting any light into the room where she is resting. He just treats her by going into her room at night time and sticking a syringe in her arm. That's fine. Legitimate. Legitimate medical procedure. Exactly. Her arm swells up. She can't use it for months. <laughs> Under cover of darkness, I should administer mystery medicine. <laughs> mystery medicines into your arm. Mystery See medicine. arm explains first. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she doesn't feel much better. Oh, God. 
one of the nurses sees him leaving the room and he goes, uh, she was, her pulse was really quick and I was giving her some camphored oil. Okay. Camphored oil. Yes. Yeah, so to, to, to calm relaxing, the pulse. Relaxing, calming. Relaxing. Absolutely. Nurse goes in, no smell of camphored mm. oil. You'd smell it. And also her pulse is fine and her arm is the size of her body. I think by then, like, oh Jesus. More this... bloodletting. <laughs> More arm letting. Arm letting. <laughs> After this encounter with Margaret, Dr. Hyde leaves the house for one point. He insists that he's got to go and meet one of the siblings, Lucy, another one of the siblings. She has been away on uh, vacation. He's going to meet her in New York and make sure she comes home. He's never spoken to Lucy before. He has no dealings with her. But he's the one insisting, going, oh, no, I must go and get her. Her brother's just died. So I should go and make sure she gets home okay. Uh, okay. Make sure she hasn't got typhoid. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure she hasn't got typhoid. Uh, being very, very careful. He's, he's a very conscientious doctor. Yeah, he gets her all her water yeah. on the trip. He makes sure that she's got a nice glass of water every time she says I'm thirsty. No, no, I've got the special folding cup. I'll go and fill it for you. Go, it's gone for 10 minutes. <laughs> I've got my bottle of special water. Lucy, when she gets back, she is feverish and sick by the mm, time she arrives. Oh she does go and stay with a friend and she does make a recovery Excellent. from it. Oh, thank God. Oddly, while Dr. Hyde is away uh, getting Lucy from New York, all the patients in the house seem a bit better. Oh, Christ. They're okay. On his return, Hyde questions the nurses to see if Margaret is still taking the pills that he left. He supplies some new ones and they're going, yeah, we don't think these are working these are so much. Pills. Not good pills. And he's like, really? She's not taking them? Here, have these new ones. Here, have these new ones. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. They Stand give, with the skull and crossbones. We'll give Margaret the new pill. Fair enough. He's a doctor. No. Gives her the new pill. Instantly starts vomiting and convulsing. Yeah. Luckily, by this time, Dr. Twyman has arrived because of the house of death that is just happening around them. Yeah, and I think reputation and this news must have spread. Yes. As all the coffins continue just coming out of the house. If you've got a house that is reportedly contaminated with typhoid, yeah. you can't really go around and go, okay, it's just an outbreak of typhoid. Oh, shit. But when he's there, he's there when Margaret is convulsing and vomiting. He managed to get a sample of her vomit. He's resourceful. He yeah, is. good for him. He gets that. He's then cornered by the nurses because he's finally turned up. These four nurses sort of get him by the lapels. <laughs> And say, Dr. Hyde is doing some weird shit in this house, in so many words. Yeah. He is either poisoning them or he is contaminating them with typhoid. Something is going on. Every time he is here, they get sick. You need to do something. Dr. Twyman calls Dr. Hyde to his offices. He gets him out of the house and comes to his offices and he confronts him with the accusations of the nurses. He said, this is what they have said. Hyde immediately rants. He is going to sue everyone. Mm. Oh, for slander. How dare they? These nurses. Oh, that's what they think. Tell me everything they've said because I'm going to sue them. I've only ever tried to help them. I've told them the water was contaminated. He talks him down and says, and manages to get Dot Hyde and Francis to agree to leave the house. Mm. They're going to leave. Just before this meeting, though, Dr. Hyde was seen leaving the sweep house on the way to see Dr. Twyman, and he was seen by Tom and Lucy, two of the children who have been out walking. They come home and they spot Dr. Hyde leaving the house, taking something out of his pocket, looking at it, throwing it on the ground and crushing it with his boot, like Ooh. really stamping it into the snow. It's December by now. And they're like, this is weird. That is weird. He doesn't see them, acknowledge them. He runs off to the, his appointment. And so the kids are like, oh, okay, let's go see this. Mm. They go and look in the snow and they find pill capsules Ooh. lying on the ground and what's more tom has had experience of working with chemicals in the past and he knows that these contain cyanide 
He can smell the cyanide. Very distinctive that's scent. That's, 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 that's impressive. Mm. Just crushed capsules on the ground. Well, he worked in, I think it was, he worked in an ore processing plant. Okay. He was used yes, to... That's the, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cyanide used a lot in that sort of industry. So he does understand mm. and know the smell of cyanide and he instantly recognises it. Go, okay, this is not okay. This is no, not, this okay. Is not okay. So between them, the family call in their lawyer, John Paxton. And they search the house, the area outside. They find more of these pill capsules around. They take them, the vomit samples from Margaret's Swope, to be tested. They find the pills definitely contain cyanide. Margaret's vomit contains strychnine. Now an investigation is mounted by the family and their lawyer. And it transpires that Dr. Hyde had, a few weeks earlier, obtained samples from another doctor of various germs, including typhoid. For the purposes of research. He's gone for chemical warfare approach. Mm. He wanted to study bacteria. He just wants to learn more about it. This transpires because the doctor who was involved goes to his office one day and says, actually, I need the samples back because you've you've got some live samples, some that Mm. die. So you've got to sort of compare and contrast. He goes to get them back. Dr. Hyde's secretary is there and says, well, Dr. Hyde's out. Oh, you can take them. And the doctor realises that half the samples are empty. There's bits missing from them. What's going on? Ooh, These are quite dangerous yeah, germs. That's terrifying. Yeah. Whatever he's been doing, he's been using them. Perhaps more damning, a druggist named Hugo Brecklin claims that Dr. Hyde brought five grains of cyanide of potassium no, from no. him in September that year for the purpose, he said, of killing dogs that were bothering him. Oh, God. I find it mad that that's sort of a legitimate, yeah, absolutely, kill some dogs, it's fine. Yep, yep, dogs, no, cats, dogs, whatever. cats, rats, just kill everything. On hearing this, Dr. Hyde would later go, I didn't say dogs, I said bugs. Bugs. I was trying to kill cockroaches in my office. Right. By feeding them individually tiny amounts of cyanide. <laughs> Injecting them. <laughs> Serving them little cakes with it imbued. <laughs> Autopsies are carried out on poor Chris Swope and the Colonel. Mm. Chris's brain shows no signs of meningitis, Surprise. but he did have amounts of strychnine and cyanide in him. The colonel had had a stroke, but the body does not show the normal signs of blood clots. And again, it was felt his condition may have been brought on by mm-hmm. poisoning. So unsurprisingly, Dr. Hyde is arrested and will stand trial. Good. He's indicted for the careless bleeding of Moss Hunton to death. <laughs> careless bleeding. Manslaughter. Yeah. The murder and p- for poisoning of Colonel Swope. Good. Murder by poisoning for Chris Swope. For attempting to murder Margaret Swope, three indictments were filed for this. One of administering the typhoid germs, one for injecting pus germs, Ooh. and one for administering strychnine. So Ooh. she got a nice dose of she, grim. Yeah, absolutely. She really did. And there were also seven other indictments filed against him for attempting to murder Lucy, Sarah and Stella Swope, people who visited the house, Mildred Fox, George Campton, Nora Dickinson and Lenora Copridge. Oh, is there anyone who visits the house? Kill death! Death to anyone! If you're going to have this typhoid thing going on... Yeah, so you've got to commit to it, really, haven't you? You really do. Now, Frances protests his innocence all the way. Absolutely not. She has a lot of cash now behind her. Now the colonel's dead. Mm. And she hires the best lawyers around to defend her husband. While her mother lambasts Dr. Hyde on the stand in the court, claiming he tried to poison her, snuck into her room at night and stabbed her with needles. The prosecution claim Hyde was working his way through the family, removing each sibling from the will so the wife would end up with a greater share of the inheritance. That's all he wanted. 
wanted to do. But Frances point blank denies any claims that she witnessed conversations between him and the nurse where he's talking about being the executor of the will. No, it never happened. She denies ever seeing him doing anything wrong. She denies seeing pill capsules around the house. No, 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 no shuns her family will not acknowledge them the defense themselves claim this is all circumstantial evidence of course he has strychnine and he has cyanide and he he has has these things well he has digitalis and strychnine that's a legitimate treatment cyanide he was treating his bugs in his Mm. office probably nobody has that just when the prosecution are really gathering steam the star witness dr twyman dies Oh, Christ. Nothing untoward. It's just complications from a surgery. He was the medical man on the scene and he Mm. really could have corroborated things. But still, it is not looking good for Dr. Hyde. He takes the stand and is adamant, I am a doctor. I have used cyanide of potassium for many, many years. No, I, I don't remember where I got it or where I used it. No, I don't. As he speaks, his whole testimony yeah. starts to go. I what I I just know what I'm doing. Just I'm like, a shut doctor. Up, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. It all adds up to the jury finding Dr. Bennett Hyde guilty as charged, Good. sentenced to life in prison, and the jury state that Hyde's testimony on the stand finally convinced them of his guilt. <laughs> nice. But that like is that. not the end of the story, Nick. Ooh. An appeal is lodged. Unsurprisingly, thanks to France's very high-priced lawyers. They win a retrial. They quash the previous conviction. They say there needs to be a retrial. There's all sorts of stuff that hasn't gone through. Same evidence again. Should be fairly straightforward. But this time the events are scuppered by one of the jurors, Harry Waldron, who during proceedings, while he was sequestered in a hotel, obviously, during the trial, goes on for a few weeks, he jimmied open a window, climbed down a drainpipe and ran away from the trial. <laughs> I really thought you say he got typhoid and died. <laughs> I re- so I thought you were going there. Oh, God, he's killing the jury. He's killing the jury now. <laughs> I will have you killed. No, he's just run for it. He claims to have been driven mad by being cooped up in the hotel. Can't bear to be away from his wife and children. I have to go home. He said that here seemed to be nothing but walls and eyes around me. <laughs> this results in a mistrial. Ugh. They can't proceed. Get over it, mate. Was this genuinely a man gone mad by the boring trial? Or was this a clever ploy paid for by Francis Hyde? Mm. Another trial is called. This also failed to conclude a verdict. Mm. Another one was tried and it still did not go through. So in the end, Dr. Hyde walked free. (gasps) Never convicted of the multiple charges of murder that were levied against him. Bad form. He walked off into the sunset with wife Francis. They had two children. And three years later, Francis left him citing repeated and constant acts of cruelty. Oh, bloody Francis. Has stood by him the whole time. And she decided that after she he attempted to kill her entire family. Yeah. That was fine. <laughs> three years later. Three years later. Then it became a problem because it was against her. Dr. Hyde moved away to a small town, had a small practice for the next 15 years. On the 8th of August... 1934. I'll read a little excerpt here. At Lexington, 40 miles down from the Missouri River from Kansas City, the staff of the Lexington Observer News sluggishly prepared last week's midweek edition. Towards midnight, old Dr. Hyde walked into the office. He was always welcomed there, a learned, well-informed man with a past, (laughs) who lived alone above his downtown office, who every morning before breakfast chinned himself 25 times, took a fast walk of several miles, 
The Advertiser News staff heard him say he wanted to see the Missouri primary returns. He walked around the office barrier towards the newspaper files and soundlessly fell dead from apoplexy. Oh. Love to go into the newspaper offices every day, drop dead of a stroke. <laughs> that was the end of Dr. Hyde mm. chinning himself 25 times a day. I'm, I'm assuming I'm that assuming, yes. chin ups, chin yeah, ups. Uh, yes. Not, I'm not thinking punching himself in the face. I, I would kind of hope that he did. <laughs> like, oh, for everyone I've killed. There we are. Yeah. So was Dr. Hyde guilty? Did his wife's money save him from jail? Why would he take such bold steps to wipe out an entire family? And is money really the greatest poison of them all? No, I'm still going with doctors. I'm still going with doctors. <laughs> doctors. Doctors. Yeah, absolutely. Deadly doctors, Nick. Francis, she annoys me. For fuck's sake. Come on, Francis. You know what's going on. Do you think she knew? I think... Yeah, she she must have she must have known she must have known what was going on. If even if she wasn't complicitly involved in that, she had helped plan it or anything like that. She must have seen what was going on, and that I'm fine, but everyone else in my family is suddenly dying, mm. and my husband's the only common factor in all of this. I don't and the know. accusations against him. I don't know. I mean, maybe she's incredibly naive and maybe he was abusive towards her and she is completely blind. Is completely blind. Yes, you see yes. so many people, serial killers who are married or murderers who are married. And go, I had no that idea. So true. He yeah. was a gentle, gentle soul. He's trying to set it up that there's been a typhoid outbreak in the house isn't that convenient oh great everyone's dying of typhoid and and it's deadly fair enough he's just sneaking around going let's just give them more germs let's give them more germs Mm. and no one's going to really look for strychnine or poison if they're worried about cross-contamination yeah no and what i did like about one as well i like (laughs) but obviously he has gone out and actually purposely contaminated people yes with with a, with a disease with an illness we've not come across that before mm. in this, this sort of like a, a very much a biological warfare sort of poisoning not just a, a chemical poisoning but actually i'm going to make you purposely ill yeah and contaminate you with these samples so that's i mean that is a whole another level of bastardry um, <laughs> <laughs> going going on there rather than oh I'm, I'm going to the pharmacist and i'm going to give you some strychnine mm. um and then you die but i've got i've got some samples from my my doctor friend who's been treating all these cases. Mm. I'm going to cultivate that particular strain of typhoid mm. and then inject it into you. Mm. That is a whole nother level of evilness. It's not something that's picked up in a lot of the reports about the story. And the yeah. reports on this story are quite scant, actually. There's some really good resources out there. But no one really sort of hones in on the fact mm. that he was using typhoid because I think they couldn't determine that completely because there was poison in the system. They could yeah. find the cyanide, they could find the strychnine, the digitalis, I suppose, was minimal, but they could find that he was poisoning them. But what he did to the water to make them sick, yeah. there was no evidence that he could, you know, concrete evidence beyond a shadow of a doubt Absolutely. that yeah. he had put anything in the water. He clearly had, and he clearly had all of these germs. And the one bit that they had with Margaret is that he went in and he injected her mm. with the pus germ. So he's intentionally trying to poison her with toxins and with germs and kill her that way. 
So yeah, he is mm. trying to dabble in biological warfare. Yeah. <laughs> and he got away with he it. Got away with it, yeah, which is slightly more terrifying. Yeah. There's all sorts of inferences as well, which I didn't go into, but there were weird things in the run up to the trial, like there was a fire at his office or at some of the areas where the evidence was and it was like, is he trying he was he setting stuff up? Was Francis mm. and the family trying to destroy evidence that would have absolutely secured a conviction? But yeah, high society, you see. Yeah. Mm. Oh, poor old Colonel. Colonel Sanders went, no, I will carry on in your name. <laughs> Seven spices. They're typhoid. <laughs> but just the right amount. It makes just you want right more. Amount, absolutely. Secret hobo spices. <laughs> there you go. The story of Dr. Hyde. Well, what do you think, people? A potential serial killer... Someone who was dabbling with uh, germ warfare in a small household, a small in a massive mansion. What do you think of the story? Do you know of it? Do you know more theories and whispers about it? Are you from Kansas City? Do you know of the house of where this happened? Have you heard tell? Have you walked around Swope Park and gone, hmm, maybe this person was murdered? That would be weird if you did. Yes. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Jump on the comments of this episode. Share your thoughts on social media. But very importantly... Well, I was, before we get to that, I said my only concern... Yes. In, ...in this whole episode... Yes. ...was the distinct lack of goats that you promised. You were supposed to jump in with the goats. Yeah, so I didn't know there was it a It la- wasn't a goatee episode. It wasn't a goatee episode. Yeah. And I'm disappointed by this. Next week, you bring the extra goats. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's pressure. Should yeah. that be our first sort of new series of YouTube videos of goat taunting? Just goat taunting. <laughs> I mean... Absolutely. There's can... a lovely animal sanctuary nearby. Uh, absolutely. Let's just go and take the piss. Yeah. Yeah, you goats. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. We'll end up petting them and feeding them. Going, I love you, Mr. Goat. <laughs> Sorry, there were no goats in this episode, but there's always time. If you know of goat-based murders... <laughs> Goat-based stories. Are goats the greatest poison of them all? Yeah, goat-based poisonings. You, you never need know. to hit us up with those suggestions. But yeah. most importantly, to more soothe, importantly than any of the goats, to soothe all of your ills, mix yourself up a penicillin. I most certainly do. I mean, I loved it. Sinead, less less fussed, mm. less fussed by the penicillin, but I think I, it's very, 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 very nice. Of course, as usual, the recipe will be out this evening. So. It's not complicated. There's not a lot of random ingredients that you won't have in your cupboard. I really recommend giving it a go. And I've had two. And I'm quite drunk. And some wine. And some wine. And I'm going to pat you on the head later and get you some toast. I want toast now. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.